is going on everybody welcome in to another edition of the daily energy newsbeat stand up here on this gorgeous Tuesday December 12th 2023 as always I'm your humble correspondent Michael Tanner coming to you from an undisclosed location here in Dallas Texas rocking a solo show tonight Stu has the night off um so I'm filling in solo but we still have a great show I mean the big news of the day Occidental officially officially buying uh Crown Rock or Crown Quest uh for about 12 billion dollars I'll cover that uh really later the majority of that deal in my finance segment. But to be honest, that's the big news of the day. So I wanted to mention it up front. First part of the show, guys, I'll quickly cover two articles that Stu dropped on Energy Newsbeat today. Major grid operator warns of legal agreement to shutter coal plant will devastate electric liability. This goes right in line with a lot of the stuff Stu and I have talked about grid reliability. So uh, glad to cover that one. And then finally, India to boost oil refining capacity by 1 million barrels per day a year. Until 2028, absolutely good for India, but it's pretty incredible what they've pledged to do. So we'll we'll cover that. And then I'll move over and again, cover the Crown, uh, the Crown Quest Occidental deal along with some other oil and gas financial information. But before we do all that, guys, remember the news and analysis you are about to hear is brought to you by the world's greatest website, www.energynewsbeat.com, the best place for all your energy news. Stu and the team do a tremendous job of keeping that website up to speed with everything you need to know to be at the tip of the spear when it comes to the energy business. Um, you can check out questions at energynewsbeat.com, great way to interact with the show. Um, you can also hit the description below, see all the links um, to the articles, all the timestamps so you can jump ahead and not have to listen to me for First, uh, only listen to me as long as you need, <laughs> which is nice. Um, dashboard.energynewsbeat.com. It's kind of our data news combo. Great place to uh, check out and see if you have any uh, uh, interesting information there. And you know, with that, guys, we're going to go ahead and uh, kick it off. So let's start with major grid operator warns legal agreement to shutter a coal plant will devastate electric liability. This is a really interesting Interesting article here. We have in a follow-up letter obtained by Fox Business this week, uh, PJM Interconnection, um, which oversees the electric supplies across the mid-Atlantic, uh, repeatedly warned of a shutdown of the Brandon Shores coal plant, is um, warned that the shutdown of this brand occur in the Maryland area will result in 1 million customers having, quote, degraded grid reliability, which includes the entire city of Baltimore. The plant's operator confirmed that they are uh, deactivating that Brandon Shores coal plant in June 2025 as part of an agreement with, you guessed it, the Sierra Club. I mean, that's the crazy part. We've, we're taking our grid reliability advice from the Sierra Club. This is an interesting quote from PJM President uh, CU Manitob. Um, as you are aware, talent is currently prevented from continuing to run without uh, conversion beyond its stated action date under a reliability must-run framework to a private agreement it entered in with you. Neither PJM, the federally designated regional grid operator charged with maintaining grid library, nor the state of Maryland is a party to this agreement. I mean, are you kidding me, folks? So the owners of this coal plant, who are they again? Texas-based Talent Energy. They've made a private agreement with the Sierra Club. Not, not government, not the EPA, not, you know, another actual government jurisdiction. The Sierra Club. Again, the Sierra Club. 
He goes on to say, this situation requires immediate attention. Failure to come to a resolution on this um, could result in the degrade grid reliability for over 1 million Maryland customers during peak hours, including the entire city of Baltimore for years and for years between the state, blah, 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 blah. Point of the matter is, guys, this is what happens when you let non I don't want to say non-experts because anyone's an expert now and experts are always wrong. We've seen that time and time again. But when you let people who are so far detached from the actual ground operations to make the rules, Sierra Club doesn't know what's going on in Maryland or Baltimore. They could care less. They're, you know, they're, they're sitting somewhere probably in their really nice uh, New York City penthouse conference suite that they've got, you know, pretending to be, you know, care about the environment. But really what they're trying to do is is you shut down and increase the grid irreliability. It's absolutely unbelievable. We've got an issue now with so much solar that we can't get and wind that we can't get hooked up to the grid. But now we're shutting off coal exactly when we need it and we can't necessarily get the same grid reliability. It's absolutely unbelievable. Again, I'm all for shutting down coal. It, it's clear that there's a, a huge amount of emissions that come from coal. Move it to natural gas. Where is the solution on how to transition this source? They're just going to shut it down. Well, Sierra Club, what, you're just going to shut it down? Do you live in Baltimore? It's clear they're not part, they don't live in Maryland. It's clear the headquarters of the Sierra Club are not in Maryland. It's absolutely unbelievable. Um, the letter further goes on to say that both the Sierra Club and Talent Energy um, should amend the agreement to allow the coal plant to, to continue providing power for customers until the necessary transmission projects are completed. Um, according to the PJM, prematurely closing Brandon Shore sparks the need for new infrastructure to transport electricity from other sources. But such transmission upgrades aren't expected to be finished in Maryland until 2028, three years after the planned Brandon Shores closed. Well, it's only three years, guys. You'll survive, right? I mean, you'll be fine. It's it, it, Does it snow in Maryland? I don't even know. Probably doesn't snow. You'll be fine. I'm actually, I've gone the other way on this one. Shut it down. I'm kidding. But I mean, in all reality, folks, this is, again, the problem when you mix ideology with common sense. Obviously, these people have the ideology of shut coal down. The problem is they're not thinking of a second order effect. You know, the PJM, you know, again, this is a, a federal grid operator. OK, so this isn't ne- you know, this isn't necessarily, you know, some, you know, crazy, you know, you know, Republican style, you know, grit, you know, it's not the electric reliability council with, yes, of course, they're going to say the grid's unreliable. It's part of their job. The interesting part of the matter is though, is that these guys, again, are fairly nonpartisan. They just want to deliver energy to as much people as possible. It's why we have these grid operators, these large scale grid operators. It's pretty interesting. They operate 65, they serve 65 million customers and sell and coordinate movements of wholesale electricity in 13 states. So they know what they're doing here and they're not necessarily in it as much as you would think for profit, but as they are for grid reliability. So just like that, we're shipping off coal. Again, not a bad thing, but we're doing it without the idea. Thanks to the Sierra Club. Gotta love it. Uh, yeah, gotta love it. Um, let's move on here. India to boost oil refining capacity by 1 million barrels per day a year until 2020. Absolutely unbelievable. India, who's the third largest crude oil importer, expects to raise its refining capacity by about 1.12 million barrels per day each year until 2028. This is according to India's junior oil uh, minister, Ramswar Telly. Total Indian refining capacity expects to increase by 22% in five years from the current 254 million metric tons per year, um, which are equal to about 5.8 million barrels per day. Telly told lawmakers right now, crude profit 
processing capacity is set to grow by 56 million tons a year. The government expects to boost the refining capacity to meet the uh, to be adequate to meet the country's fuel demand in the long term. This is absolutely crazy. You know, India has been planning to increase its refining capacity for years as it's hoping and really attempting to get rid of this idea that China is going to kind of control the next wave of um, refining. India is coming in and saying, no, 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 we're going to do it here. To give you guys an idea, two years ago, uh, India state held oil refiners were planning to spend as much as 27 billion or 2 trillion Indian rupees on raising the country's refining capacity by 20% uh, by 2025. You know, they're one of the fastest growing economies. They've been buying crude oil. They're one of the few people buying crude oil from Russia still now. So, you know, like them or hate them, they're doing exactly why Mr. Modi is doing the best for the Indian people. And it's clear right now because they're one of the few and fastest growing economies right now. A lot of that is due with the cheap access to oil and gas energy. If they become a big refining uh, power, it, it, it it's really going to change the balance of if, if it's really going to change the balance of and, and not only is it going to increase their demand for crude oil, it's going to decrease their fuel costs in the country because they're going to be able to refine it all in-house versus import refined fuels and really get rid of that crack spread. If you ever hear people talk about the crack spread, that's the difference between what crude oil trades for on an equivalent basis versus what a refined product trades for on a uh, equivalent basis. So you can kind of get that apples to apples comparison, um, which is absolutely interesting. India doing what they should do for the people. Um, but let's move over to finance, guys. Yeah, Not much that really happened that we saw the S&P 500 jump about three tenths of a percentage point. NASDAQ does the biggest move. It's up about eight tenths of a percentage point. Uh, 10-year yields hold stand at about 4.23%, uh, 4. um, only about a quarter of a percent or only about uh, five tenths of a percentage point change there. Bitcoin does drop a little bit, about six percentage points, currently trading 41,208 as we record this. Crude oil, um, fairly steady-ish day, 71.41 as we record this, about uh, 5.45 here on um, uh, the, the 11th. Uh, Brent oil, um, seventy six sixty natural gas uh, up a little bit from it from its opening of about a little under three dollars or a little below three dollars and th or two dollars and thirty cents. Excuse me, currently trading two dollars and forty four cents. Um, I mean, investors are, are are still you know fairly wary of what's going on right now. Um, you know, it's pretty uh. You know, it's <laughs> all I'll say is this, folks, is that these oil cuts that keep coming from OPEC clearly are not doing enough to offset this softer fuel demand expectation and softer crude oversupply that we think is going to happen next year. So it's 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 probably somewhere around that um, level in terms of, of, of where some of these things are. So absolutely interesting um, from a crude oil standpoint, you know, the, the softness we're experiencing right now, I can't necessarily tell you how long it's going to continue, if it won't continue, if, if, if it'll keep pushing. I think the one thing that's clear, though, is that the softness is going to continue, I think, into Christmas. And I don't think we're going to see, you know, I don't think we're going to see $80 by year end. I, I think we're going to roll into the new year somewhere around $75 on that WTI side. But we'll, we'll, we'll kind of have to wait and see. It's really unfortunate what's happened in the natural gas markets right now. I would have expected, again, a lot more uh, strength this winter. But, you know, with considering the, the oversupply of natural gas that is really starting to rear its ugly head um, from the $9 natural gas space. I, I think, you know, we're kind of paying for the sins of $9 gases, as I like to say. But I, I want to move 
I want to move over to, to, to the big deal of the day. Occidental buying Crown Quest um, for $12 million or $12 billion. Oh, 12 million. That'd be a nice deal. $12 billion. Uh, $10.8 billion of that is actually assumed uh, the transaction price uh, with about $1.2 billion in assumed debt. Really interesting on this one. It's their largest purchase for Occidental since their takeover in Adarco um, back in, in 2018, 2019. It, it really cements and and really is the one of the the one of the final I don't say the final but one of the final dominoes to fall when it comes to that mid large midland basin operators you know they they, they this was kind of once uh once pioneer yeah, it left left town. Really, the only consolidated operator right there was Crown Quest, or, or really Crown Rock. It's a, it's a joint venture between uh, you know Crown Rock, Crown Quest operating, which is the Dunn family um, out there in Midland, and Lime Rock Resource Partners, which is a um, an absolutely. Um, absolutely. You know, we're not sure the details on the breakdown of kind of who owns what, whether, you know, is it a 50-50 joint venture? You know, I, I the, the stuff I've read, it's 60-40. Um, but to give you an idea, Crown Rock, they're the third largely closest held oil and gas producer in the Permian Basins. Um, they do about 170,000 BOE per day. You know, a couple interesting thing here. I think on Oxy's side, there's this. It's I think it's a good deal. I don't know. I want to hesitate to say it's a great. One of the reasons I say that is tomorrow on our deal spotlight, or we'll be recording this on Tuesday. We'll, we'll see how quickly we can get this cranked out. We're going to do our, our our second ever deal spotlight, and we're actually going to dive into this deal and kind of give you why I think this deal is probably, it's an okay deal. I think when you're talking about buying production, it's not horrible. I think the issue the issue with what I see in this deal comes within the undeveloped locations. I'll get to that. But first, I think, you know, to give you an idea, Occidental is assuming uh, 1. billion in debt. You know, this is an interesting deal is because it's all stock. You've got, um, let me find the uh, the actual breakdown here. Should be, uh, I thought it was 6 billion of, of stock. And, and 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 then it was something, it's basically an all, mostly an all stock deal. Um, let me see if I can find some of the deals up here. Um, not really, but, but let me go see if I can find it on this one here I, on this press release. You got 95 press releases for these things. So let's let's break it down here. Um, they took an increased cash flow. We got to love that. I'm going to tell you how they fund this thing. Um, one of the things we're definitely going to get it to, uh, we're going to get into right here is the development. All right here. So $12 billion. They're financing the purchase of $9.1 billion, uh, of new debt. They're going to issue about $1.7 billion of common equity and about assume 1.2 billion of existing debt. So I lied. They're going to pay cash for this thing, but they're paying debt. Woohoo! Got to love it. Nothing like a good debt transaction for some PDP. 9.1 billion and it's it's a lot of pud, so don't get me wrong. So there's the breakdown. 9.1 billion of new debt, 1.7 billion of new equity. Thank Din, you know, uh the, the Dunn family likes that. Um and then they're going to assume the 1.2 billion of debt outstanding specifically by Crown Rock or, or Crown Quest. The, the thing I want to highlight here specifically is the fact that they're they're claiming a, a 1,700 undeveloped locations, including 1,250 what they call developmental ready locations at sub 60 WTI break even. Apparently, they've got 750 locations that are sub 40 WTI break even, uh, which apparently increases their onshore sub break even inventory to 25%. What they're telling you is that 25% of uh, their uh, locations or undeveloped locations have less than a 25 or, or uh, break even at sub 40, which seems crazy to me. It's part of what we're going to break down because this this deal, whether this deal is good or not, all hinges on those locations. Because you know you're you're only talking the the PDP is only worth about two three billion. So for a twelve billion dollar purchase price, or, or really ten point eight billion, you, you, you're going to have to break that down. So you you do the math. 
That's $4.8 million for undeveloped location. Now, holy smokes. I, I don't know about you, but that is going to be a, a very high tier to pass. Sure, if you got wells that break even at sub 40, it's a possibility, but now you're talking $4.8 million per location. Pretty unbelievable. We're going to break this deal down tomorrow, kind of dive into probably build a few type curves, talk about what we think, you know, this where this purchase price could have gone. I think it's going to be actually a great, uh, a great piece. So I'd highly recommend checking that out. It's a new series deal spotlight. Our first one is up right now where we do a, a non-op AFE over there in, in the Eddy County. Some big wells, uh, Matadors drilling there. So um, we got to love that. But check us out again. You'll be able, we'll be able to cover this all on deal spotlight and kind of give you an inside baseball bowl. I think it's a good deal, but I think you're, you know, it, I don't think it's going to be a great deal if only because of that 4.8 million dollars per undeveloped location that's really all i've got though guys appreciate you sticking with me here Stu and i will be back in the chair tomorrow um to keep you guys up to speed with everything you need to know in the energy business but for Stuart turley michael tanner and the entire energy news beat family we will see you tomorrow